Here we go, 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 here we go. Larry and Monkey saw we go, we go. I missed it to the beat and meta meta rhythms. I don't know. Oh, we almost had it. That was awesome. That's it, man. What's up, everybody? I am Peter. I'm here with Thomas. This is Larry and Monkey Slaw. Oh, you had it. And then I had it. And, and then I kind of hesitated yeah, okay. where I was going to go with it. But That's I, all right. You did it. Yeah. You pulled it off. Yeah. What's uh, up, everybody? Um, we're we're back. Um, right off the start of this episode. <laughs> we're back. <laughs> all right. What was this you were saying about pregnancy tests? We can try this I again. I saw a guy who put uh, a fucking um, used... He got... Um, he, <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know, he programmed a pregnancy test to play Doom. Jesus. Uh, because pregnancy tests are super... Uh, Super advanced these days with like a little LCD screen tells you how far along you are and like all that shit. So it has like a mini computer, like a Raspberry yeah, Pi yeah. type of situation, like where but like even the... like even smaller, like it fits into like you know a pregnancy test. It's like I mean I guess a Raspberry Pi. It's like the size of a of an old school flash drive. Jesus, and it and tells it you all these things. Tells you a whole bunch of like basic information already, like how far along you are and and um, a couple other small things besides just uh, if you're pregnant or not. And then you pee on it and throw it in the trash. And then you pee on it and throw it in the trash. It's great. Pee on this slightly more advanced computer than what they had to land on the moon and it ends up in this trash heap like yeah. outside some yeah. slum somewhere probably being melted down by a couple dudes that extract like the platinum and the gold and like sell some it kids rummaging through it yeah. like yeah ugh. probably a stray dog horrible three horrible stray we're dog. so horrible yeah. oh my god and the first layer of the trash heap just uh, blows into the ocean like we're it's wonderful like and we're <laughs> horrible like why do we do this it's man? the duality of existence dude it's the yin and the yang but the end bro. result is horrible like i just and it's those shots and i can't because i like they it's the thing that i do where it's like the camera like points at it and like it records it and I don't process it at the time and then yeah. I see it on the edit later and then yeah. I'm like what the fuck it's just this kid like yeah. fishing this like plastic thing out of this and the plastic thing comes from like fucking the UK or whatever yeah. it's not yeah. even from there it's like imported yeah. like trash it's and yeah, it yeah. comes out of like this shit river that's running through this slum yeah. and he's just like playing with it. it's this fun plastic thing so he like puts it in his mouth and stuff uh, and he's just like because he's just like a kid yeah and that was a moment where even like behind the camera I kind of like gagged I was like, oh yeah. my god! Like that's like a horrible. And then you just like you're just like confronted with the end result of like the <laughs> consumer culture, and it's this yeah. horrible. Yeah. It's uh it's awful. Yeah, it's 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 very confronting. The trash yeah. island, the size of Texas, and you know the 11.9 million square kilometers of rainforest were cut down in 2019 alone. And yeah. 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 But I, yeah, you know, I'm indoctrinated by Bleak environmentalists. And, uh, you know, <laughs> well, there you go. And we have the intro to our fucking podcast immediately go. going from yeah. hacked pregnancy tests to the end of the line of our consumer culture. Yeah. Larry and Monkey Slime, it's essence, everybody. Today we are talking to one of our oldest friends. It's true. Who we've known literally our entire life, Alexander Bacalon. I haven't um, known life without him. Literally, yeah. him, his, the, our families are, are connected. Uh, we yeah. have are intrinsically connected, or our families are, are have also been friends. Like our parents knew each other for a very long time already. Yeah, that's true. Um, so, yeah, we're looking forward to talking to him because he, he works in something interesting, a very yeah. interesting job. I'm going to let him tell the story later. Um, right off the top of the episode, a couple things. Uh, we have our first Patreon. Our it's first patron. true. Uh, and Tompi, who is our very first patron? Drumroll. <laughs> 
Rapper Pants. Rapper Pants. Yeah. Raphael Moran. It's rap. Yeah. <laughs> one of our very first listeners. He's the one that actually turned us on to podcasts back in the day. We've talked about him before. We're going to have him on the fucking podcast at some point. Yeah, uh, it's true. We should. Yeah, we should uh, definitely have him on the podcast. He's uh, he's our first patron. So, Raph, thank you so much. Your uh, contribution goes towards uh, parking and me hauling all the crap back and forth uh, and like the mixing and all that logistics, stuff. So production, logistics, production, post-production. Uh, so brainstorming um, if you, all of it all, <laughs> all of it, it dude you're our only source of income yeah. so you literally pay for all of it uh, <laughs> so if you have a lot of money and you feel like giving some of it away for tax breaks check out our patreon page uh larry and monkey slaw i patreon yeah. um we have merch coming soon we promise we're working on a logo slowly but we're all preoccupied with with other stuff so there's but it's coming it's coming it's coming it's coming so by the time uh by the time we really get up and running We'll have maybe some T-shirts and trying to find a novelty item like trying to find. And I need some mugs, man, because somebody stole my mugs, my favorite mugs. mugs My Gaza mug got stolen. Yeah. My slow down, calm down, don't worry, don't hurry, trust the process mug got stolen. That's unpleasant. geopolitical crisis as well aren't you alex yeah i'm the victim of a geopolitical <laughs> crisis <laughs> is it have you have you actually endured uh, hardship due to this to this crisis like has your life been affected in any way with brexit mm. i mean not the pandemic i love I mean, that question i, mean, I love that question it's a truthful it's question great. no no it's a great question, <laughs> truthful question. um the other day there was a um a below average choice of salads <laughs> in the shop. Um, some of the florette was missing. But other than that, I've not really noticed it that much, though. Nice. Nice. So decrease. <laughs> I, oh, I feel so awesome. It shows you how interesting my life is. That I, I pick up on all these things and they upset me quite a lot more than they used to. <laughs> do, do, do you keep track of the salad oh. options in the in the store? Like, is that a... Oh, not, not, you know, not analytically, but <laughs> I'll notice it. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> and how do you feel when, when you notice like a shortage of of your type of salad? You feel like drafting a letter to old Boris? To old well, DJ? I don't want to point fingers, but <laughs> it is, um, yeah, it's not, it's not great. Because it yeah. tends to, you know, there's less um, diversity in the, in the kind of leaf when you have the Tesco own brand. <laughs> Yeah, they don't have any of the the really crunchy ones. Yeah, now it's just the, the it's just the, the plain old loose ones lettuce leaf. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, uh, spot on, dude. Spot yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. I've missed I've missed hearing that that I dry, I, cynical. I can't talk to Alex for less than five <laughs> minutes before I'm fucking literally just crying with laughter and my stomach hurts. Yeah, this is why usually, this- usually, actually, in the first two minutes, you you do this like budget Oliver Twist impression <laughs> because you think I sound so English. <laughs> like I do, or we do? <laughs> yeah, no, you do, you do. Yeah, I have I more. Think I say something that. that sounds a bit more like uh, yeah, a bit a bit too English, and you just go like, oh yeah, jolly good. <laughs> <laughs> but it is pretty funny though, right? Because we yeah. we learned English at the exact kind of similar points in our lives. Yeah, and you guys went into this so. Jolly goods, like all that, like stuff. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's what we sound like. Yeah. We immediately get questioned about our political beliefs, our American political beliefs. Once you talk to anybody, it's not enough. But do Americans think you sound American? 
Yeah, because yeah. English people don't oh, think yeah. I sound English. Oh, really? Okay, but Americans think. Yeah, no, they they can um, they can tell a foreigner. Oh shit! Sure. <laughs> yeah, more yeah aware. Well, I mean, quite good. <laughs> if <you're> big... <laughs> yeah. I, I've got some food um, that has just been ordered and has arrived. I've got some Chinese takeaway. Oh, is that nice. all right if I had to, if I had some of that? Are you guys got food? Are you guys okay for food? We're right. Yeah, we're good. We we ate already. And just make sure to chew really loudly into the microphone. Yeah, we'll do some like budget ASMR. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. There you go. <laughs> what did you what did you get for dinner? What's uh, what's on your plate there? Um I've got in a takeaway box some grilled squid and some tempura vegetables. It's all very um deep fried and very beige <laughs> looks good though we, we're just running out of new places to try yeah i know what you guys do for kicks in this lockdown but basically the only thing we can do is just order takeaway from different places <laughs> and 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 hope that they're noteworthy so either they're like hilariously bad or extremely good. <laughs> well i i we i usually i've actually started cooking a lot myself in recent years like i cook mm. i cook a lot takeaways only once a week uh on the friday we have like a little junk food day yeah to end the week once a week is still probably a little bit too much to be healthy but fuck it nah now once a week is fine yeah that's what i thought that's what i think and the rest Mm. is usually like we cook really well like we got like veggies and not too much meat and fish and yeah rice and balanced diet what kind of style do you cook yeah, like a little bit a, of everything. I have like a couple of techniques because I follow a lot of like uh, cooking channels on YouTube and stuff and try out like a lot of the stuff that they talk about. Um, and so I just kind of like apply different techniques, like different kind of stuff and kind of play around with like spices and shit. And sometimes shit lands and sometimes it doesn't. Pretty good um, spaghetti bolognese, man. You've nailed mm. that one. You've nailed that one good. I got it. I got it so good that my mom has changed her uh, year decade long recipe yeah, to, it's true. To the one that I make. It's true. Yeah. I What's got a, the secret? Um, What's the change? So you do the meat in the pot first. So you get like a big, like a big pasta pot, you know, like a, a sauce yeah. pot. And then I always go for like a, a high three quarters. So like my heat goes to nine. And so I put it on seven uh, or like six and a half. And you let it get really, really hot. So like you want it so hot that when you pour your olive oil in now your olive oil smokes a little bit and then you throw the meat into there it's going to be a quite a hard sizzle but you throw the meat into there and then you break it up into smaller pieces and you just throw some salt and pepper on it and you just let it sit and you let it sit until that sizzle gets crisp again and then you're going to flip it like you're going to give it a, a little bit of a whirl and let it kind of sit and sizzle for one more time and the secret is and this is what scares most people is you want a little bit of that meat sticking to the bottom of your pan. Like you want mm. some of it because that's not burn. That's caramelization. And that's where the secret is. I'm kidding. I'm not, I'm not joking, man. That's, <laughs> you take that. That's also where all the carcinogens are. Well, not yet because it's not burnt. You've well. sold mean, me burnt yeah. mints so well, Peter. <laughs> but but to be fair, just wait until you fucking eat my ball on you, bro. Yeah, yeah, my you're like you're like the American version of the M and S adverts. Have you seen the you know, those M and S adverts where they do those like foods and they're like, and, what's M and S? Yeah, what is M and S? Marks and Spencers. Oh, oh so like I know a, Marks okay. and Spencers. It's like a posh. Yeah. It's like a posh um, posh supermarket. Yeah, it's like the and when they do their adverts, yeah, and when they do their adverts for food. And there's this woman, she has like an extremely sensual voice and she's like, smooth Belgian chocolate, you know? And then there's like <laughs> this like smooth flowing Belgian chocolate. And it just sounds like you're the American version of that where you're just like, 
Yeah, there you, you go. just hype up burnt mints so well. It's Bro, great. and so then, like, your meat doesn't even have to be cooked through yet, but you just want, like, a brown, like, a crust on it. And then you take your meat out of the pan, and then you throw your veggies into that. And you throw in your onions first until they're a little bit soft. Then you throw in your carrots until they're a little bit soft. Uh, and then after you toss in the carrots... If you want to go really fucking fancy, you throw in like two or three shot glasses worth of whiskey. Like Jack Daniels. Jack Daniels is my favorite because it's full of sugar. It's really unhealthy, but it's so fucking good. Um, And then you throw in your tomato paste and then one can of block tomatoes, uh, 300 milliliters of uh, beef stock. And you just throw that all together and you let it simmer for like anything from one to three hours on a low heat. And then it's fucking your gravy, mate. Your gravy. Oh, there I did it. I did it. I did my fucking, <laughs> fucking English thing that you talked about at the beginning. This is what I'm talking about. Every time he talks to me, like he, he like listens to me, and then he puts in this all of a twist and accent. And Dude, just, I promise it's not just because of your accent. Like I'll throw in English words yeah. into my shit every now and then. No, it is true. Like even Peter and I on the phone to each other, like we do the yeah. the shitty British accent. Like, oh, all right. oh, my. Sometimes we'll write it as like we'll write it as Britishly phonetically as possible. Yeah, like M eight. Yeah, like mate or <laughs> like all right. We'll just do like A U W R I T right. <laughs> so where is this? Are we at Thomas's office? Yeah, boy, we're at the Mad Quarters. Wow. Yeah. Looks different to last time. Yeah, we've we've like I think you came here when it was only was it only this room? Yeah, it was probably only the small office, I think. Yeah, because now we've branched, we've bought the two windows on that end. Yeah. So we have three windows in total. And we have this wow. this archway that I had cut out of this wall that was we didn't think about at all because audio wise it's it's horrible. It's a little bit it's a little bit uh <laughs> cathedrally. It's a little <laughs> bit big, but that's okay. I was kind of like what like it was it was locked down and we had a I mean we had we could do it and and the windows here are all arches. And I was like, we can't have like a square doorway between like the two bits of office. We got to match the architecture of the building. And then I remember coming here the first time and it was just like, wow, okay, now how do I, how do I close that up? (laughs) (laughs) Because it is is really big. It is really big. Because it's like, yeah, it's like you got to jump. I can't even, I think I've reached the top once or something, but. Oh, I could, I couldn't reach that top. I don't think I could reach that. That's pretty, it's like, it's a solid, like, what is it, that 250? Three? No, I think it's meters? three. I think it's a, yeah, three. It could be. Because the ceiling's three, yeah. four. Uh, no, I'd yeah. say 250. Yeah, something like that. How are you doing, man? Where, where are you right now? I'm in my room in Cambridge. Oh, shit. Mm, yeah, so you can see my tidy bed. Oh, there you oh, go. Yes, did some, made some made an effort, man. Made yeah. an effort. Thanks, man. We yeah, well, <laughs> I need the best for you. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, before we jump into this, uh, are you recording this on your phone as well? I can. Yeah, I've just downloaded an app that will, should allow me to. Uh, it's called Voice Recorder. We're learning all these things the, the very hard way by making mistakes. Like the last podcast we talked for, what was it, three hours? And, and, then, and the, the American <laughs> Revolution, the attempted coup happened like true. during the podcast. Yeah. So it was like a good, yeah. there was a good moment during the podcast. Yeah. yeah. And then like just as we're done with the fucking podcast, Tompy looks at me and goes, did we record that? <laughs> <laughs> 
And I was like, oh, wow, I forgot. And we had mentioned him to him like in passing beforehand to also record it on his phone, but we never confirmed it at the beginning of the episode. So luckily he did, but that could have gone so much fucking worse. So yeah. we, got, we, got, we got, like I said, learning the hard way here at Larry Monkey's Law. <laughs> Uh, dude so, it's really good to yeah, see you though bro yeah dang yeah it's been a long time yeah. yeah we got to hang out recently uh i came over to the beach to uh to walk uh lucky and to hang out with you guys and uh and your mom and dad who we've known pretty much our entire life and i think you literally your entire life yeah yeah i've literally known my parents my entire life <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I meant I meant us, but yeah, you'd probably do your <laughs> No, you're right, Peter. We're pretty, I think it's we you you guys must be our only like um one of the few friends that we've had our whole lives pretty much. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And it's been because I, I remember you being when you were like I mean we we were already really young and then you were like fucking really young and that was living in the states <laughs> yeah and you guys had that huge fucking um that hill in front of your house like the really big one that we yeah used to that was good on, straight on to the one that would end up right onto a road yeah <laughs> <laughs> the only thing to stop you was the light like line of bushes that yeah. didn't really do much <laughs> and i remember there was this tree in the middle of the hill as well that had like its own little like stone or like concrete circle around it and one time we decided to roll down the hill and i just blindly rolled into this pit of concrete and tree <laughs> and it really fucking hurt really fucking hurt yeah oh, oh, man. i remember a lot of the the winter vacations in in austria those are the ones that stick oh, with me oh, those were those were fun man those, those were, were scary those were scary remember <laughs> that, that? yeah dude what was that called again the santa uh-huh. claus and his like gremlins or something oh, that like these huge witches those. in that shit. village that yeah. was scary that was scary because they yeah. took that shit really seriously <laughs> yeah. that shit really scary. yeah yeah and with new year's i think you were there as well like they lit off fireworks with reckless abandon <laughs> yeah just fucking yeah. we saw yeah. fucking fireworks exploding in the middle of groups of people i saw one guy who i'm pretty sure went deaf that night because it literally went off next to his head Dude, it was so dangerous. It was so dangerous. Yeah. 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 And the skiing was always fun. Yeah. I remember still one of the moments I laughed the hardest was when your sister, uh, Alex, your sister Elizabeth, like tried to come up a like a a jump. Like all we saw was the skis fly up. (laughs) Oh, that was pretty good. Uh, I I was thinking about another moment that was pretty good. There was this one when we were, we had to take this T-bar lift that we didn't really know. We weren't really familiar with. And like we all got off and she like tries to get off, but the T-bar like hooks under her winter jacket. And she just gets like lifted into the air. She's going like along the T-bar thing around the thing and coming back like down the mountain. Fucking hanging on the T-bar thing, like trying to signal to the dude like, hey, there's something fucked up here. Was amazing. God, they were difficult though, weren't they? There's like the pizza ones as well, where you had to try oh, and like geez. fit it between your legs, and yeah, and yeah, yeah. It never. God, yeah, yeah, it was tricky. And Crazy, I just saw man. a video like just yesterday of a, a ski lift in like Georgia or something where the brakes failed and they all just started coming down oh, the hill really it. fast <laughs> and like coming around like the bottom, people just getting slingshotted out of these yeah. fucking things. Yeah, really fucking intense. I Pretty much my worst shit. nightmare. I saw that shit. Yeah, it was intense. Fucking Georgia. 
Georgia. But you mean like the country Georgia? Yeah. Not the yeah. state. I don't think it was the state. I don't no. think there's a lot of Ski- skiing there. <laughs> Georgia's pretty much the bayou. It's like uh <laughs> everyone just knows it from the runoff elections that started the coup or whatever. All right. That's literally probably the reason how ninety percent of uh of fucking people have heard about Georgia. Yeah. Good shit. So how are you how's 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 life, man? What do you what do you what do you do these days? Because I vaguely, very vaguely know what you do. Yeah. We uh, talked about it a tiny little bit when we met up last time, but what's your job? Yeah. Um so I work as a water and wastewater treatment engineer. That's oh, my that's job fucking, title. That interests the shit out of me. I have so many, so many fidgety questions. It interests the it's shit so out of me. That's great. Oh, pun <laughs> fully not intended, but uh, taken. I will take that pun. No, Literally wasn't even on purpose. That's awesome. Yeah, You'll take that pun? I'll take that pun. Okay. I'll take it. Uh, in hindsight, I would like to acknowledge the intention of said pun. Okay. <laughs> and now we'll let Alex... Worry, there, there'll, there'll be plenty more opportunities. Don't worry. So many. But that sounds... Impo- that like Legitimately, yeah. that does sound like pretty fucking important stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you get in... To that because I feel like that's one of those jobs that people are like, <laughs> how did you get? <laughs> yeah. Did you get Why do you think about that so much? <laughs> yeah, but no, like legit. How did how did you find yourself working in in water and wastewater uh, waste wastewater management? Hmm. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I think so. I think um. I I first the first decision I took I guess was to go into engineering. Yeah. Um, civil engineering, and I did that because I really like playing SimCity 4, which is a great game. That's yeah. awesome. Um, you know, where you like build your little city and you have to you know, yeah. make all your little Sim guys have, happy. Yeah. Huge SimCity um, burst. Like, I think we both played SimCity for quite a while. Yeah, that's Love true. that game. Yeah. yeah. It's extremely capitalist, though. Like, the only way to grow your city is yeah. just like yeah. really low tax <laughs> rates. Like, <laughs> And it's American low services, taxes, yeah. like low <laughs> <Yeah>. tax rates. <laughs> it's a horrible example to set for the kids, actually. But yeah. yeah, as soon as you build a hospital, it's like right, you're in huge debt. Don't yeah. try and do this. <laughs> I think that's why my city's always failed so hard. Is I would always be like really fair. Like I would put high high taxes on the rich. You were like, applying your Marxist taxes. fucking theories on. I was. Like, yeah. I was. And it would. It would. It would just stagnate. Like everybody would have everything they needed, <laughs> but there would never be any high rises. I'm like, why can't I get the fucking Coliseum? Like where are those? Where are the fuck is my empire state building why can't i get this shit <laughs> yeah. yeah you realize early in that game it's like dirty industry subsidy for coal like get the electricity <laughs> pumping and then build a slum and then build a really nice part of town that's yeah. funded by the yeah. slum. <laughs> uh, that's like horrible and hilarious at yeah. the same time yeah oh yeah it's like monopoly right it was created as a joke like initially it was it was meant to be as like a uh a commentary on how shitty capitalism was and how much luck was involved. And now you have fucking, you have the monopoly where you're mm. allowed to cheat. They made a monopoly mm. where you're allowed, like you're legally allowed to steal money from the bank and stuff as long as you do. <laughs> Wait. Literally, this is a thing. You know how Monopoly came out with like millions of different versions of Monopoly? Yeah, you can get them for like Ghent, for like the city. You can get a yeah. Ghent Monopoly yeah. now. Well, they came out with the Monopoly. So where are you on the board, Thomas? <laughs> where am I on the board? <laughs> I'm Where's the, your office on the board? Is it one of the blues? <laughs> one of the dark blues? <laughs> the dark yeah, blues. The dark blues, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. With a three meter high arch. No, yeah, man. Dude, I think I think flex. in SimCity, it's like it's like somewhere between the slum and the the place where the stuff is good. 
near the coal mine to critique it. It's the part of the rich place that used to be a poor place, and the parts that made it look poor are now cool and trendy. There you like go. Like the bare brick wall. Like, yeah, exactly. You know, it used the, to be a, a sign of, like, we couldn't finish our wall, but now it's a sign of, like, I'm edgy. No, I like the... <laughs> Unfinished. Hang on, ambulance. I'm edgy and creative, right. and 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 <laughs> I do important things. There you go. This, yeah. So you're you play some city four. You think I'm gonna be a fucking civil engineer? <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, yeah. I, I was I was good. I I picked the things I was all right at. So I was good at, at physics. I was all right at maths. So I thought, yeah, that might be a good way to um that might give, be a good thing to study. And then I yeah. think at at the time there was like you know. I was like interested in broader things like um, poverty alleviation and climate change and stuff. That stuff was already kind of there in our physics classes and stuff. So I was like, oh, it sounds like a reasonable way to to try and figure out if there's a way you can work towards those kind of solutions. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I tried that. And then whilst I was at university, I got more into the international development and humanitarian stuff. Um, yeah. And then that, that kind of water and sanitation is like a big part of that. So at university, I was part of this um, society, Engineers Without Borders and things like that. And um, they did a lot of stuff about water and sanitation. Mm-hmm. It just seemed like kind of a cool thing. I was like, hmm, that is quite an impressive thing to take like some water in like a murky river. Yeah. I feel like it's, uh, it's underestimated. I feel like it's something a lot of people take for granted. But I think if you even peel back the slightest amount and dig a little bit deeper in terms of what it actually takes to keep water running out of our tap, like just flicking on a switch and having clean water. That's a fucking massive undertaking that takes like, it's, it's, it's a whole, like it's fucking insane. So like, I'd love to pick your brain a little bit about that. And I think that's why we, uh, we brought you on as well is to, to, yeah. It's like, yeah. And I mean, I like, from my standpoint as well, like I, when I was doing those, like the mainly like the humanitarian films and things, I definitely ran into all these situations where you notice that water and sanitation was, you know, the, the building block of life. It's such an, it's such a, it's like in an emergency setting, whether yeah. it's like man-made or climate or, or just a natural disaster. It's one of the first things that you need to, I mean, I remember yeah. like a couple of years after the Haiti earthquake, we went back there when they were clearing out like, camps that people had been in mm-hmm. because of the earthquake mm-hmm. um there were these camps with like 400 families with like two porta potties and so oh. basically nobody and porta potties on top of like these just long drop things that they yeah. would move every yeah, couple of yeah, weeks yeah. or months mm. and so people wouldn't even go to those they just shit in a bag and hoof it over their over yeah. their tent mm. um so it was yeah. just like a camp full of shit yep um and it was like that to me i was just like dang like this and then then you got those those nepalese aid workers who bring in cholera into that situation and you're fucked right? yeah well i mean it's it's like uh, there was a there was a vice documentary like a while back a few years ago when i was still in the states that was called like you don't know shit it was like a whole documentary series literally about like how how different cities like how new york and chicago take care of of their wastewater um, and at the beginning of the documentary of the first episode, they say this thing um, that every successful society in history has one thing, uh, several things in common. But one of the main things they have in common is their ability to handle shit, like to deal with human excrement. You look at any successful society that lasted more than 200 years, they had a successful sewage waste 
water waste disposal system like the Romans, the Egyptians, and in the Middle Ages is pretty much the only one, but there was no solid empire that lasted after the collapse of the Western Roman Empire, and most of it was because people were shitting in buckets and thrown out of their window. So <laughs> That sounds good. You should send me a link to that one. Um, oh, yeah, you. you make it sound a lot more glamorous than it is day to day, but yeah, no, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's kind of an interesting feeling. But so like you dis- you made that kind of conscious decision of like, this is how I'm going to contribute. Um, and then how did you make that concrete? Like you went to, you, you were at school engineering and then like you did the, what is it? Engineers Without Borders? Is that what it's called? Yep. Yep. Um, Cause I remember we, we talked about that uh, when you were doing that. Yeah. Um, because it kind of that was when I was doing the humanitarian stuff, but then like mm-hmm. how, wh- what's your day to day look like? What what do you what is it? How do you do you just do you build shit? Yeah, let's be like pre Corona about this because I feel like Corona <laughs> is is a lot of sitting behind a desk yeah, and answering. Corona's emails. made everyone's day just the same, isn't it? Like, yeah, sit at a desk. Yeah. The computer yeah. sucks the soul out of me during the day, and then I recover in the evenings. Um. Yeah, no. Um, so what what does my day-to-day look like? It, it it depends a lot on what kind of projects, but you're right that f- most of the time it's building stuff. So some of the times it's a bit more desk-based. So, you know, you'll look at like long-term projections of a city, you know, how many people are they expecting in the next 30 years? What does mm-hmm. their current infrastructure do? Um, what are the kind of likely improvements? Or you can look at um, improvements required by environmental regulations. So sometimes environmental regulations increase and you need to you know, add an extra process to, to mm-hmm. meet those standards. Um, sometimes you look at climate change. So how is that going to affect um, the catchments and how much water you can abstract or how much wastewater is going to come into your works. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are all like very strategic kind of studies. Um, and then sometimes it's way more nuts and bolts. So sometimes it's... Um, you, that phase of study has already been done. They've come up with a solution. They've said, right, we need these huge tanks here and these huge pipes here. And then it's your job to kind of optimize that bit and um, do drawings and make sure that it's built in the right way and built mm-hmm. safely. And then you're a bit more on site and that kind of stuff. So and that, that could like, be kind of interesting as well. Yeah. I feel like it's, it's, it's like a, it's almost like a perpetual thing. Cause like how much time is there between like the moment where they're thinking about what they need and implementing those ideas before you already have to go and re-reflect about the initial <laughs> decisions that you made? Yeah, so it keeps me in the job, I guess. But <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's like it's like yeah, it's like it just keeps going, you know, round and round. Because especially at the rate that everything's growing, it's so exponential. I feel like it's a constant thing that you're that you're thinking about as well. Yeah, definitely. The the work doesn't really stop. Yeah. It's um. Like, you know, you, you do this planning and you then you execute and, you know, these things can take a really long time. Yeah. And then by the time you're finished, it's usually already like, it's a bit like Crossrail, you know, like where some of the tube lines and stuff, by the time they finished, it's already full and then they yeah. have to start building the next one. Kind of yeah. Thing. yeah. 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 So, um, yeah. yeah, a lot, a lot of it is, is, is like constant. I mean, in the UK, it's every five years, they do this new plan every, they take stock. You know, oh, yeah, damn. what do we need to do in the next five years? And then now they're trying to take stock of the next 50 years as well at the same time. Wow. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, most countries have that kind of like constantly looking ahead. Like what's the next yeah. five years like? What are we going to do? Yeah. This kind of stuff. Because also I feel like everybody just kind of sees like just the facts like, oh, fuck, they got to break open the road again. Like it's another two months <laughs> of that fucking place being. But it's like, motherfucker, like we're taking care of the fact that you're going to get fucking clean water like tomorrow coming out of your <laughs> <Yeah>. sink. <laughs> 
There is so much underground. It's always kind of crazy when you see someone dig a hole, yeah. how much there is underground. You know, yeah. you've got like telecoms, um, power, waste, um, water, all these things like yeah. bunched into this road. And also scary to think about the fact that most of those were given to the lowest bidder. <laughs> like most of those were given to the <laughs> guys great. like, I can do this cheaper than the other guy. It's yeah, like, all right, yeah. let's go for that guy. A question I had for you, Alex, is like, at, at this point in your in your, if I may say, like young career, what's yeah, like yeah. for you, what was like a day where you said to yourself, this was a good day? Like this was a day where my job was um, as perfect as it can be for me. Like I feel like I'm doing what I want to do. Um, are you going to ask me about my worst day next as well? Because I, I do work in, in shit management. So <laughs> well, I was just about to ask. Horrendous was, days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Oh. My best day. I think there there was one project that I that I really liked. Um, we um, there was this this treatment works in uh, a country in sub-Saharan Africa, and we went on behalf of um, the World Bank and we went to try and look at ways in which we could support them because they were having some issues issues in running it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, running water treatment works is is a pretty complicated beast at the best of times. Yeah, and um, what what I really enjoyed about it is we actually got to go there and we got to talk to the to local water quality engineer, and it just um, it was interesting because it was it it hit home as to how difficult it mu- it must be for them because this guy was like completely alone and he he was a bit annoyed when he first arrived and I think a lot of the times he would suffer from these fly in fly out consultants you know they would be like engineers from you know the UK or the Netherlands or the US or whatever. And they would yeah. kind of fly in and they'd take pictures of everything that was going wrong and write a report and be like, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. And this is how you should solve it. And then they just like fly out again, like a, a week later. And then he's just stuck there with this report. And they, like in, in, in the corridor to his office, there was honestly like head height, big stack of reports from all these different consultants you know, oh, no. for the world bank and stuff like writing all these things and he's just sitting there on his own like what the hell am i meant to do with this <laughs> no. and um so yeah so we i like to think we did a slightly better job of actually helping the guy i mean he, there were some issues um at the plant but he, he'd made some decisions essentially that that were that were difficult and um but he did them on his own in the in the UK. If you made the decision, the kind of decisions this guy makes day in day out affect the water supply to his country's capital. Jeez, and it's he's God. one guy, you know, he's like one yeah. guy. So it's a very Jesus um, and he doesn't and he can't be a master of everything, you know. Like he has to deal with like so many different things, like the treatment mm-hmm. plant, but also the catchment and all this other stuff. Yeah. In the UK, if you made a decision like that, there would be like 20, 30 engineers in the room. You know, you'd be like God. you and then your boss and then like five different water quality engineers from other yeah. plants around the place and a few consultants and you know you'd God kind of damn. with 20 people and this guy's just doing it on his own yeah um so yeah that was that was interesting from my perspective anyway because it was like you realize that it's a bit of a cliche to say that some of these countries have like crap infrastructure systems it's yeah. just like they're just they're just really struggling like it it's like um they just don't really have the resources and their countries are changing so quickly as well. Like this yeah. place was urbanizing super quickly. So when we looked at the, the he was really diligent in, in recording the water quality. And we, you look at the water quality, it was like 
every year was like completely different just because people were like building all over the place and like mm-hmm. farmers were changing what they were farming all the time and stuff. Jeez. So you just saw this stuff in the, in the, in the water quality. Yeah. But so um, that was really interesting. We ended up doing some, some tests with him um, and we kind of got him to a place where I think he was more comfortable and it was working a bit better. We taught him a few things and well, not me really. It was this um, specialist that we brought along. Um, but that was probably the most interesting and rewarding project I had just because I felt like, you know, we were kind of doing the right thing in, in yeah. terms of like supporting him. I'm fucking sitting here after having like a slightly <laughs> shitty week with one of my students. I'm like, I had a hard time at work and here this one dude is sitting making decisions that affect potentially millions <laughs> of people and their fucking water quality. God damn, yeah. like what does but, his day look like? But like, do you <laughs> do you feel, Alex, like that when when you came in there and you noticed like the the kind of burden on this guy, not only like from the water quality perspective, but obviously there was that whole like, oh, like the Europeans are coming in to tell me how to do my job again. Like mm. do you feel like your that your experience of being in like the international community and knowing how to adapt to that kind of a situation helped you there? Maybe it might also be that it was um, my first mission, so maybe I had less um, prejudices. So you know, maybe okay. I think some of maybe the older, more experienced engineers they've maybe seen scenarios like this so many times that they kind of assume that it's just like because there, there are definitely cases where there's a lot of like corruption and there's a lot of people who have got particular jobs for you know not in America tocratic way at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I think they just kind of assume that that's the way it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's objective. But, it, but in general, I wasn't the only one, you know, like I, I picked this up, but so did the other members of my team. And so did some of the people at the World Bank. So yeah, I, I, I wouldn't say, you know, it was like an epitome. It was just that for me, it was a nice, um, a nice project. Yeah. And especially yeah. in the beginning to have a project like that at the start of like your, those kinds of projects, like when you're, when you start at that with some a feel good story like that, I feel like it's, it's pretty, it's yeah. pretty awesome. Like it's definitely a motivator then keep going for it. And did you, and, and then did you, do you spend a lot of time abroad, like doing projects for, for in, in, in other countries or is it more like UK based or? Uh, you know, I, I think in terms of the project work I do, it's maybe around the 50-50 split, UK international. But in terms of where I am, it's like most of the time I'm in the UK. Yeah. Because I'm, you know, like, I don't need to go there really to do half the studies. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's a bit bit sad. But then also you can see it as a a positive that um, it's a lot more balanced these days than it used to be. You know, I think the company I work for used to be like 80% um, of their work used to be abroad and so it used to be like you used to join from university and they used to put you on a flight out and you know you'd go somewhere and build something mm-hmm. yeah. for someone else now it's a lot more balanced you know most of the most of the time it's as much as many local engineers as possible with the occasional input from international consultants like ours yeah, okay that's cool which i feel like is balanced. a good yeah it's a good way to, to go about it as well because then you know they can they can figure out how to run their own um yeah. You know, so that they have better institutions now, right? Like the education level exactly. in yeah. a lot of these places is a lot higher yeah. than it used to be. So like a lot of the en- uh, local engineers are just like pretty competent, like pretty much the same level as I am. So yeah, it's, it's almost more logical than anything Yeah, um, yeah. That, they're, that they're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And probably doing it twice as fast as, as we are because they, they also like 
I mean, they also probably see a lot of the mistakes that we made. And we also were aware of a lot of the mistakes we made along the way. So like, yeah, especially in terms of like, I think production and, and energy production and, and, uh, and all that stuff. I feel like we've definitely already not implemented them yet, but definitely learned some lessons along the way. Like, I think we've, we've learned the hard way. We're getting there. Yeah. Getting so what about, uh, what about your totally pun intended shittiest situation ever? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This one's this one's pretty mental. So, um, I was so as well as these glamorous, uh, yeah, water projects in developing countries, I also do extremely unglamorous work, <laughs> which involves like treatment, sewage treatment works in obviously like the worst areas of 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 the UK. You know, like really, really horrendous places, and. Um, <laughs> One of them, so the the one of these works, they were like looking at building some tanks. So there were some existing tanks, like the, the wastewater treatment process is pretty complicated, but essentially it comes in and then you try and settle out the, the chunky bits and then <laughs> you put it in another big tank and you get some little you know, biological bacteria to kind of eat each other and you yeah. create a kind of ecosystem in these tanks that means that basically the bacteria get really big. Um, and then what you do is then you put it through another tank. And because now the bacteria are bigger than they used to be, they, they again, they settle out. So they they're chunky, they're chunky bits. They're, they're chunky boys by the end of the process. <laughs> They've had a good meal. And so then you settle them out and you can separate the water from um, the human excrement. Okay. And nice. so the problem with this one is that they weren't settling. They were chunky boys, but they were quite buoyant boys as well. And so but no one could figure out why. So like it's, everyone was kind of confused. Like, why are we, um, why are these not settling? And it was a big decision to be made, you know, because. And so we settling at, means sinking to the bottom, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So why aren't these chunky bits falling to the bottom? Yeah. And huh. um, it's a big decision, you know, if you, because we are looking at replacing the tanks and I think it was something like 40 million pounds or something. Holy fuck. And so, you know, Absolutely. if you, if you because the design didn't look wrong, all our modeling was like, no, it should work. So if you build the same tank or the same kind of design in the same place, mm-hmm. you will probably get the same result. So you don't want to build a forty million pound tank and then figure out that the same problem is still there. <laughs> so we kind of had to figure out what the problem was. No one really knew, and so we were doing lots of these tests. And one of these tests you can do is just like um, settlement column. So you fill up this like twenty liter column it's about like a meter high and you fill mm-hmm. it up with your sludge your like slurry your sludge your your wastewater and then it's not particularly scientific then you basically get a timer and you time and you kind of look at how quickly it drops as it goes like through yeah. the column okay um and so we're doing these tests you know i had um i i'd been doing some other works on the on, on the works but i'd been there for a day so i came from my hotel room worst hotel I've ever been in it was like horrendous um and um uh, I showed up and they're like right let's do it so we we got these you know like big jugs of of sewage you know and then we were like transferring them into these things and then what you have to do is you have to put the seal at the top and then you have to like shake it because otherwise Uh you know like otherwise it's already settled so (laughs) your results are inaccurate so you have to like shake this huge (laughs) column of sewage it was i was doing this with like two other guys next to me one of the guys obviously 
didn't seal the top, kind of shook it, and it just oh, no. like completely emptied oh. all over me, like 20 liters of just like oh, untreated no. sewage, like all over oh. me. Oh. And we kind of stood there, and and there was a there was a a board meeting, like I think that afternoon or the next day. There was a lot of pressure to get the results, and so we kind of stood there, and then we all <laughs> silently were like is this worth stopping this experiment for or do we just get another jug and keep cracking on? Let's go again. And so I kind of looked around for some support that I would be allowed to go and like, but I didn't even have any change of clothes. So I didn't even know. I was like, can I just leave? But then everyone kind of decided unanimously, silently that like, no, we're just going to ignore what's just happened. <laughs> we're just going to fill it up again and keep going and so i just had to yeah i had to finish the test i think i was there for like four or five extra hours oh my oh god no. just like um luckily i was the top i was wearing a, a, a waterproof jacket so yeah. that was okay my trousers were completely like so oh my god and so i just had to at the end of the day <laughs> i had some spare shorts in my bag for like going to the gym in the evening so at the end of the day i just like took off my jeans and it kind of dried, but I just like chucked them in a bit. I was like, I don't even want to try. Probably a little crunchy. <laughs> I deal with that. Yeah. <laughs> and put on my shorts and then I got on the tube. Okay. Yeah. So it was in London. So I, I, I got on the tube and it was just like construction boots, like thick socks. Cause it was the middle of winter and then just like tight running shorts and then, like, a big, big construction overalls on top. It looked like some kind of like um you know like construction worker stripper kind of guy who was going to some party. Can I fix your pipes. <laughs> yeah, that was probably my worst day. Uh, well, it actually makes... wasn't that bad because it was a good story. Yeah, at the time I was like, well, I mean, at least it's funny. Because uh... oh, hilarious! <laughs> my face hurts. Dude, we have this oh. like we have this running joke in like the like, I mean, it's documentary filmmakers, but also like humanitarians that I've met. It's like the best short stories are always like shit stories. But you're you just you take that to the next level, man. You do. Yeah, you really do. Literally. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot, there's a lot of them. I mean, there was another one where on that same site where like the whole site flooded. We were in this little construction cabin. I'd been working there for like a month. It was really like when you look at my life objectively during those two months, it was like horrendous. Like I was just like in this terrible hotel and in this small construction cabin. It was really cold, and um, like the inlet works flooded. And so it was just all like backing up and then it just like flooded over the walls. And it was oh like, oh my God, there was, we were in a patch of grass and like the whole thing was surrounded. <laughs> Luckily, there's like a slight increase in the height when you get to like a construction cabin. So it wasn't quite at my feet, but it was, I was surround, I was stuck on an island. Oh my Damn. God. And um, we just, I just kind of like, there was this guy and he'd accidentally closed one of the valves. And so that's why it was so bad. And I was just kind of like shouting him out the window, like, please, can you like sort this out? Like, <laughs> <laughs> and um, and then it eventually went down. And then like an hour later, some guy comes in with this huge like bonded um, like tank. It's like huge tank. And on it, it just says like atom lemon zest. And then he gets, you know, like those snow machines that you have on ski piece? Yeah. yeah. It was something like that. He attached to it, and then they just like shot loads of like lemon zest everywhere. There's like this, uh, this like industrial, like lemon smelling chemical to like get rid of the smell. 
so that the neighbors wouldn't complain. So they had these like huge what? cannons of like lemon spray that were like splaying <laughs> around. Jesus. And you just got this like smell of like si- slightly citrusy shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. lemon squares and, and shit. It's just, <laughs> yeah. Also, it blows my mind that there's some, somewhere along the process, like there are several hundred people that have, that have made decisions that have led to an industrial sized <laughs> lemon zester to neutralize flood smell like this there's been plans have been written up for this and pe- engineers got to work on creating a fucking industrial fucking lemon zester that's amazing jesus christ yeah, they didn't do a very good job though it didn't smell that good <laughs> <laughs> that's insane but that's dude insane. so like do you when you're like in that shitty hotel do you look at that toilet and be like i know where that shit's going yeah yeah no i mean i did message most of my friends who lived in northwest london and i was like i know what you had for breakfast because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you were mentioning no, it's kind of earlier funny. like yeah. you can you can tell a lot about a population just based on the shit that's coming out like through the water the wastewater treatment centers right like you can yeah like what are, well, what yeah, are some you can, the things that you find or what's like the weirdest thing that you've ever yeah, found in wastewater. Well, there's a lot of these like fatbergs and stuff that aren't there either, like these huge clumps of fat that congeal with like rags and oh, yeah. condoms and stuff and block up the sewers and then they have to go break them out. And and you find like shopping carts and stuff in the inlet works and um, Jeez. all kinds of stuff, like huge rats as well, like extremely well-fed rats. <laughs> um yeah, you find all kinds of stuff. And and you can, you. I mean, I think I don't quite look into it enough to tell <laughs> much about the people. Um, I know you can do, like they do, they're doing a lot of tests, you know, that you can do tests and see like cocaine consumption, yeah, COVID. Yeah, yeah. You, can, you can tell a lot by what's uh, in the sewage network. Yeah. Um, and, but you can also tell like uh, anal hygiene practices and stuff like that. They do that quite a lot nice. as well. Like, oh wow, that's specific. Yeah. So whether people use like bidets or whether they use um, toilet paper. <laughs> toilet <stuff>. paper. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess like yeah. changes a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you look at it, yeah. If you look at it objectively, like there's there's gonna be a a, a lot less toilet paper coming through the system if everybody suddenly changes to bidets. But I do like I because I, I look at the like the type of toilet like the the type of toilet paper I buy like that it's like the cellulose breakdown whatever it's called that it's not like the other one yeah. because apparently it would. But what I wonder about most Alex and you probably have an answer to this because you're in the sector is like when I use like my shampoos and stuff. Um, like all the, all the stuff that's in the soaps and all that stuff, like what happens to that? Does that, is there a certain kind of filtration system before does like the, the water recycling at that, like, how does that shit all work? Um, what, like soap scum or you mean like the, the chemicals that are in your shampoo and how they percolate into the water? Yeah. Like the stuff that actually, yeah, the, the chemicals in the shampoo and stuff. Yeah, to be honest, Thomas, I think I should know the answer to this, but I really don't. I don't know at all. I think a lot, a lot of it clumps together is probably the best answer I can give. Uh, it's, and then, yeah, and then, I mean, some of it probably stays. I mean, you've got like loads of these um, forever chemicals like PFAS and stuff, and yeah. that stays and that doesn't get filtered. In general, in sewage works, you don't have filtration as a treatment process. Okay. You have settlement and then you have... Um, like activated sludge so you have like biological processes yeah, yeah um but you don't tend to have that much filtration 
and because because is... it's also also because it's so dirty so like you just constantly have to like um clean out your filters because all filters does is just keep things back yeah yeah, yeah. and this yeah. is like this happens the 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 water treatment happens before it gets released back into rivers and streams or is this before it goes into uh like water recycling like before it gets sent back into the population or so like, like um let's start at the beginning like you take a shit and you flush <laughs> it down the toilet and then it goes yeah. where um so it goes into the sewage network system Mm-hmm. Uh, depending on where you are, it can get combined with the the drainage system of the city. So you know, oh, like so that's it not automatic. How do you mean? Sorry. Like I, I thought that was like the standard. Like everything just kind of comes together into a single place. Yeah, in some in in some places they have started separating them just because it's oh, sometimes okay. quite inefficient. Because if you if you get like loads of rainwater in your sewage system, then your sewage works have to deal with way more water. Oh yeah, that's so true. Be bigger. That's true. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a bit of a trade-off because it means it's more dilute, so there's less treatment. But it, it, some cities have now started separating the two just because it, it okay. helps to manage it a bit more. Huh. But in general, yeah, it goes into like one big um, pipe underground yeah. that has all the other stuff. Then goes to a treatment works of some kind, gets treated, and then um, comes out the other end of the treatment works and goes into the river. And then... Depending on where your water treatment works is, it can sometimes be upstream, it can sometimes be downstream. That water is then re-abstracted from the uh, river, yeah. treated to wa- drinking water standards, and then pumped through the distribution center. So when you open your taps. So like Singapore, for example, has a, a fully closed system. Yeah. I think they're one of the few. Most countries just don't want to risk it. You know, they're like, <laughs> they're like yeah. no, it's fine. We'll just <laughs> take it from somewhere else. But Singapore <laughs> is... Um, so like has a real closed loop system because I think they felt quite threatened from Malaysia, which had most of their water supply came from Malaysia, obviously because there's oh, a small island. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and um, they identified that as risk. So um, most of the water in Singapore is desalinated and mm-hmm. then recollected and then treated and then put straight back into the desalination system. It's called oh. um, new water, I think they call it or something. Wow. They've, they've got all these like nice branding for it. They call they don't call it like waste water stream works. They call it water recycling centers, and they have yeah. like, to, <laughs> to, to to get people comfortable with the fact that like it's a close. <laughs> Is this why they can afford to have a fucking massive like funnel of water in their airport? Just like huge, like they just built like a tropical rainforest inside their airport terminal. That's in Singapore. Yeah, right? yeah. They they built a new they built a desalination plant just for that. Well, just for the airport. Wow. Damn. Is desalination the future? Like, is desalination the the answer to our freshwater shortage problems that we're facing in the very near future? Uh, I think that that depends where you are. Um, I think in some places, climate change will exacerbate um, rain and just make it more... um, Mm -hmm. uh, What's the word? More intense for a shorter period of time. So in countries where the rainwater becomes more intense for a short period of time, you're, you will probably be looking at like more dams and more ways to store and hold back water. Mm-hmm. Um, but in, in places where it just is more arid and there isn't much rainfall, even during these intense rain periods, then you probably will be looking at desalination. Yeah. Um, but it's quite expensive and quite um, energy intensive. Yeah, because that's, that's so. the problem is, is it's like this, this conundrum that we're facing because so much of the fresh water is starting to, to become threatened and like desalination is an option, but just purely... The amount of energy you would need to desalinate enough water to to feed to to 
water vault? Supply. <laughs> Supply, Supply. That's to water is. the people. To hydrate the nation. Feed the people. <laughs> I think like you feed them, you but it's yeah, it's supply. God damn. I'm a teacher, I promise. I'm a teacher. I teach the next generation. Um, to supply enough people with water that the amount of energy you would need to spend would send us over the edge in terms of the point of no return of climate change. Which let's be frank, we've already reached. But that's okay. That's, that's a <laughs> yeah, conversation exactly. for another day. Just to be optimistic about just, it just yeah, yeah. purely Absolutely. purely optimistic we passed that point a long time ago. i <laughs> i visited a a new a fairly new desalination plant in gaza two years ago oh uh, yeah there was oh cool it's like a, it was a part un funded um kind of hamas guarded uh gazawi desalination plant now is desalination done mostly through like boiling and and distillation or is it filtration uh, I think it's mostly most of the plants. You have thermal desalination, but I think most of the plants are reverse osmosis. Yeah, which is um, making use of the the different osmotic pressures between salt water and, um, yeah. and not salty water. And so it basically makes like brine. So it makes like um, by it makes a part. Uh, it basically splits it so part of the water becomes super salty and part of it becomes not salty at all. Yeah, and it's also with like with um, like a membrane, right? Like they use it with a yeah the membrane, that's and then right. it kind of yeah. You I remember, sound, that's you sound like you know what you're talking about, dude. It, yeah, that, no, Peter, well few, done, dude. One of the few lessons that stuck, bro. I remember that picture in my fucking textbook with like the little line in the middle with a couple holes, and then like one side is like a bunch of big dots and a couple small dots, and the other side is like a couple of small dots, and then all the small dots go over to the other side and the big stuff. I'm yeah, that's that's one of the few biology lessons that stuck. With it sounded better system. with membranes, but all right. Okay, I'll talk about membranes <laughs> and, and distillation. <laughs> no, that's good. I'm super impressed about how yeah, you guys seem to know a lot about this stuff. Dude, legit, legit interest, man. Like, we're not just saying that we're no, interested yeah. in this shit because we want to talk to you. Like, legitimately, this, all these things, like these huge societal infrastructure projects, like fucking highways and airports and and electricity and waterways. So it's like legit interest of mine because yeah, it it has to supply in for better or for worse eight billion people with things like water and electricity and everything that we need to lead a comfortable or at least, you know, the life that is promised to anybody who tries hard enough, you know, it's all those things like water wasteland and shit. So if we don't know, cause one of the things that like, that like I remember reading so long ago and it's one of the reasons I got interested in, in, in the first place is cause like I fucking love history. And I remember reading this kind of like this joke article, I think it was on cracked or something. I don't remember exactly why, but it like the title of it was Napoleon lost Waterloo because of shit. <laughs> and because like usually the story of waterloo is that it like it rained the night before so the battlefield was muddy so when fucking uh napoleon tried to bring his artillery into the middle of the battlefield his guns got stuck and so he couldn't use them the way he usually does and blah, blah. but in this article it said because there was like a hundred thousand dudes at that battle like give or take a hundred thousand mm. soldiers let alone their fucking the 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 horses and the guys the cooks and the non-infantry Jeez. and all that shit and so the morning before the battle, you have 100,000 people that need to take their morning poops, knowing full well they're probably going to die later that day. And they all took it on the wrong side of the slope because they were on opposite ends of this valley and everybody took their shits on the inside of the valley. And so you got 100,000 shits flowing into the center of this battle. And so 
Napoleon's fucking the, all the Arby's got bogged down in the fucking poop of the morning, you know? The, uh, in their I'm own just, shit. That I'm teaches them a lesson. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Don't just publicly defecate. Oh my god. I'm just imagining like the dude who like realized this and tried to tell Napoleon, like he's he's running down the line of guys shitting. He's like, Oh my god, oh my god, I gotta tell Napoleon. Like he's going to Napoleon. Like, They're shitting on the wrong side of the hill, man. Like, what are we gonna do? <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, dude. Fucking like also like in, in World War One, like when most of the guys on the front line, like they had to poop, they did it in their helmets and then tossed it over the side of the fucking trench. And so, you know, and so then I started like reading about like water wastement. And then I got I found the documentary on Vice about you don't know shit. And that kind of just mm. sparked my interest in 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 you know public infrastructure and, and shit like that, which is just yeah, it's it's super interesting. So like I said, legit interest in in what you mm. do, man. Yeah, definitely. have you have you seen the the Bill Gates one? Bill Gates does one about sanitation, which is pretty oh, good. Isn't it with his toilet? Like that he built, a, yeah. had a competition to build like a, a mm. toilet that could, and then like the winner was a- That could power itself. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So the, yeah. the idea is, so like in in the wastewater, so you separate your water from your um, sludge is what they call it, which is like the more solid parts of it. Yeah. Um, and then you can- basically cook it you put it in the digester you basically cook it and it releases oh. gas um and so you can then burn that gas um and run turbines to uh to generate electricity to run the plant huh. so um that's theoretically the case i think at the moment i think most of plants do like 50 percent. like 50 percent of their power is generated through their own kind of um, yeah, through digestion wind. process yeah vienna does um, that with their trash yeah yeah so a lot of a lot of countries do that with their trash and then some of them combine it as well some of them mm-hmm. like um and there's an interesting one there's one in in um in the uk where there was they there was this huge field and in the victorian times that's where they used to get rid of all the poo they used to just like chuck it all in this field mm-hmm. so there's this huge field it was like super contaminated Jeez. yeah high and yeah, like just like everything was there. So no one touched that field. Everyone was like, no one don't want to be there. And then they said, Well, why don't we just like grow crops on there and then we'll just chuck it in the digester with all the other shit. Yeah. So then we just get like a higher calorific content and like increase our gas production. Right. Yeah. So they just use this contaminated land to just grow stuff, chuck it in and uh chuck wow. it in the broth, if you will, and then just uh, create more gas from it. Because the problem with the, the problem with with poo in general is that you've done most of the digesting yourself. Yeah. So there's not a huge amount of calorific value yeah. in, in your poo, in unfortunately. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, because we've used all the all the things that give you energy. We've we've extracted it all. Like everything that's left yeah. in the poo is all dead stuff that you that isn't isn't biologically usable anymore. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Cause then like you you wait, what was I gonna oh yeah, because then that machine that Bill Gates said as well is like, and then on the other side you have drinkable water yeah so he wa- he wants to use yeah. the power from the gas that you get from the from the feces yeah. to then do the process where you separate the water from them right right but then the only it's, one that actually did it did it really really well was like this massive machine the size of a fucking room like a like it was a storage container the size of like a, a moving container and um and it costs like what was it like the lowest they could bring it was like a hundred thousand dollars a piece or something for yeah. each one of these machines which is just way too much for you know where these would where these would be most likely used is in like you know developing nations and stuff just places that can't afford to spend you know a couple mil on a on a on a high end water filtration machine 
Uh, yeah, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a moonshot idea, I think. I mean, yeah. he also he also funds a lot of other things. He funds like um, yeah programs and, of around like fecal sludge management. And stuff. Yeah, and you know biologically tagging the population for <laughs> for sadistic means <laughs> through COVID-19 vaccinations. Oh God, Peter, no. <laughs> Peter's going down the wormhole. No, 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 no. no. I'm we lost. Have, no, we've dude, here comes no, the anti-vax. I am, I Here comes the. <laughs> you know, I don't know about that vaccine. And uh, uh, shut the fuck up. No, I, I got in, I got into it with God. one of my students. He he won't be listening to this, so I can talk about it. Uh, it was the same thing. Like he like uh, he got a comment to put his mask on properly, and he's like, "I'm fucking sick and tired of this shit." I was like, "But it's okay, man. Like we're all gonna get vaccinated soon." He's like, "I'm not getting fucking vaccinated." I'm like, why why are you not gonna get vaccinated? He's like, dude, like one day they said they're gonna fucking vaccinate everybody, and then the next day they say they're not gonna have enough, and then and then like usually a vaccine takes like four years to get ready, and they do this one in like a couple months. No man, no man. I don't yeah. like what I'm gonna fucking stick in my body. Right. And in the meantime, this kid eats like frikadelle and like fucking waste meat and, and <laughs> smokes cigarettes and And he's got you fuming all week. All week, yeah. bro. Oh man. God. Just, yeah. That must yeah. be tiring. And you and you don't think he's just toying with you. You don't think he just likes to watch you. Oh, he's yeah. he's he's openly stated like, oh, like if I don't like a teacher, I just tease them until they leave. Like he's openly said that before. Like that's that's one this is this is a kid who gets detention, doesn't come to detention, gets a double detention, doesn't come to the double detention, gets suspended, and he comes in the day before his suspension going and he's like, I got a four day weekend, motherfucker. So I mean, like, yeah. No, it's it's uh well I mean we were talking about it when we were at when we were at your place and your dad deals with these kinds of kids too, right? Cuz what is what does your dad do now? What does he uh what does he do these days? Cuz he he works in like school. <laughs> Are you thinking about what your dad does these days? Yeah, no. God. <laughs> do you guys have that as well or sometimes you're very unclear about what your dad does? Dude, you dude, him? dude. Oh, okay. Bro. So we yeah. like I can't believe you just brought this yeah, up. This no, is that's, fucking it's, amazing. It's really <laughs> really good. my dad. Cuz there's so many times that we've like asked our dad like okay like we know your title like we know all that shit like that's fine but what do you do yeah, what do you like what are, what yeah. are you like okay, you're writing yeah. emails and like you're but there's what meetings what is it what budgets. is it what is it what do you do what do you, say? what do you do what do you what are you deciding at the end of a meeting like what's the what's the outcome of the meeting uh because i need, I need to know yeah i think he does i think he does security clearance um policy i want to say that that I, that's how i describe it i think okay. so he he looks at how people are cleared for like particular roles okay for like for immigration like how, for like coming into the country no no more for like jobs so if you have okay. a job that requires some kind of clearance not necessarily like a, a spy kind of job but like any job that might require you to work on something yeah. that not everyone's allowed to sensitive know sensitive information yeah, because I, I, I was just I was thinking about that because you you said like it's it's exhausting with with these kinds of kids and it is it is exhausting with these kinds of kids because like Tompy said it the other day because like the doctor that they talk to for the Myendo she lives in like just this world of her medical expertise and I live since last year like in this world of you know the other side like the non-intellectual base you know the workers if you will. Although it's still it's, it's the low income. You're all it's the low income yeah, families and yeah, uh, low income and and you know shady home situations and yeah. and you know it's it's the 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 kids that you know the less fortunate kids as well and and you know yeah some shitty fucking backgrounds and like I feel I feel and I'm I mean I'm probably gonna cut this but like I f- I feel kind of like I when I went into it I'm just like oh I can fucking change some shit like I can finally like fucking you know 
help out these kids and re-motivate them and have like, you know, like you said, like the Coach Carter moment and all that shit. Mm. Like I do feel myself getting a little bit bitter, a little bit darker, a little bit stuck in it. So when he called me out on it, it just, you know, it just fucking struck me the wrong way. But I think the fact that you can, you can maintain a classroom setting where kids can get along and maybe even learn something, yeah. Yeah. you can create that kind of harmony. That's, I mean, however cynical yeah. you get from it. Yeah, it's true. But I, and I can relate to getting cynical from seeing shitty things. I yeah. can relate to yeah, that. Yeah, right, exactly. Um, but I don't think... So can Alex from seeing shitty things. You can get, fucking, <laughs> you get really cynical from seeing shitty things. <laughs> but enough I've about myself. i my fair share. There, and I want to actually go in into that a little bit, Alex, in the yeah. sense of like, because you said, when you were talking about Singapore and stuff, you were saying they have all these, these words to describe the shit. Uh, but I, I was wondering, like, you know, you're at a bar, you're going out to the pub with your friends and there's a, you know, and there's a person at the bar who kind of catches your eye and, you know, you get into a little bit. A very theoretical situation these days. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, okay. I'm talking about like the, 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 the the post COVID or pre COVID world. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not just the swiping, but, and, and you get into a conversation and there's a conversation going and then it's like, what do you do? Um, how do you, how do you answer that question? <laughs> this, this is funny because this reminds me of, um, my sister bought one of her, her colleagues, um, from, from, from the Netherlands and she came to visit us. Like, I think this was last year sometime. Um, and I was at home in Knokke and, um, we, we went for a walk and then, but she was like, so what do you do? And basically I, I kind of gauged, I kind of gauge what they want to hear. So I either choose water if I'm like, yeah, like they'll probably want a nice conversation. So I'll give them like water. And it, and if they've got like a bit of a dark side and you can kind of tell that they would kind of enjoy the, the, the pee and poo humor. Yeah. You know, then I just go like, yeah, I've got some horrendous stories about human feces if you want to hear it. So, so for her, I just was like, yeah, I'm in like um, water supply. And my sister just kind of like look, look, looks at me like, oh, really? Is that, is that all you do? <laughs> uh, that's good, yeah. man. That's good. Yeah. It's a good answer to that question, too. Very nuanced. Very, well, because well, water like, sounds so important. It's, tr- it's just like, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's definitely like... a sexier side. It's definitely <laughs> yeah. a sexier side. Yeah. yeah. You notice nice. it as well. Like the people who work in water supply are genuinely usually better looking than the people who work in wastewater they they tend to have like a really good sense of humor and to be like quite dark like they, you're like someone who spends his whole life in sewage stream works to needs to have a sense of humor yeah, yeah and like sure. yeah you, they're, they're usually the funnier ones i kind of get along with them better but um yeah you notice it a lot in the, the so you get like you're when you talk to colleagues like it's just uh, like pee pee caca jokes or is it do you guys still do them or was it just like yeah. a thing that you did at the beginning and then after like a couple months you're like oh come on guys get over it if you've got like an interesting twist you know like if if you <laughs> if you just crack like a well this is a shit situation then you know people will go along with it but they've heard it before they've been working in yeah, yeah. treatment for 20 <laughs> years like you know like the, the laugh's gonna be a bit like token but if, if you can if you can put a good spin on it find a, a different way of of playing that gag then i think yeah 
I feel I, like I mean, by this you point, get some laughs, yeah. I feel like by this point, people who have been in sewage for so long, like their shit jokes become like 4chan memes, like memes that have <laughs> so many different layers of like innuendo and different meta ness to it that like you gotta go so fucking deep. Yeah, like extremely it. technical poo jokes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Just crazy, it's like about wow. the membrane, like something. <laughs> membrane, <laughs> settlement membranes, just like wow. <laughs> Uh, yeah. no. so, there are still some good bits like the like when you dry um sludge so so when you get to the process where you separated the water and the sludge then you have to do something with the sludge and so you can dry it um so that you can put it on fields and use it for fertilizer and the dry sludge like the dry poo is called cake so that's quite a good one but they like <laughs> oh, talk about cake quite a lot and yeah, i'm just like i think no one here has an appetite right now like because i didn't know the first time that that was called cake they just kind of call it cake and expect everyone to know so that was a bit of an awkward conversation yeah i think I, we i think they um there's a lot of jokes around that about birthday cake and all those kind of things oh there you go because well, yeah, no. when you guys have lunch do you like excessively wash your hands or like what's the what like how do you oh yeah like hand sanitizer was old news for us like we were yeah. we were there before covid all you know <laughs> like, properly are... <laughs> sanitizing our hands and just completely eliminate first layer of skin off of your hands just burn <laughs> yeah, it away chemically yeah chemically yeah burn it away. it's just like on those super hot taps just like under there for like 10 minutes yeah, yeah. there you go um, <laughs> Yeah. So do you have like a, a question or a joke that people make like once they know that you work in waste management? Like is is there a joke that you're already sick of hearing? Um well my, <laughs> I'm not sick of hearing this. I feel like I've been way too harsh. But my dad always says I'm a shit engineer when he introduces me. <laughs> yeah, it's like family friends. Oh yeah, this is my son, he's a shit engineer. <laughs> And I know your dad can pull off the dryness factor oh, yeah, like yeah. so good. Yeah. I always so, still have yeah, to double double think if 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 uh if your dad is making making a joke or being serious. I always have to be like, wait, is he kidding? Yeah. Making a joke cuz he always just the delivery is so deadpan. It's, it's awesome. Dry. Now, I'll probably slot this in like in the beginning of the episode, but cuz we've been friends for so long and our families have known each other for so long that we're in one of those situations where we call each other's parents as aunt and uncle. Mm, um, it's nice, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's, it's really fun because I do consider you guys kind of like, like legit family because every time we hang out and we talked about this in the podcast with one of our friends with Yanni is you, you know like a, a real true friendship when it feels like a pause button. You know, like you say goodbye and you just hit pause and it might be a couple months, yeah. it might be a couple years, but then you fucking hit play and then you just, just like you never, you never fucking left. Yeah. Um, and it's yeah, there's not awesome. there's not that much chit chat, is there? No, but you're like you're like the third brother we never had, man. You're the uh, I I remember, yeah, fucking everything from when like in in Vienna going skiing and walking around the Christmas market to visiting you guys in in Malta, uh, visiting you guys in Jordan. Jordan was probably one of my favorites because that, that was, was cool. That, that was good. That was a good place, wasn't it? Insane. Yeah. Yeah. And in Malta, I remember jumping off the like the wall uh, between oh, yeah into the pool into the pool yeah. Now yeah, where was, yeah. where was that house? Because we you had a view on a bay, right? Like there was an ocean view. Yeah, yeah. Well, which bay was that? Um, it was a place called Baharija. I think it was called. So yeah. it, you weren't looking down on the Grand Harbor or Maramashudo, right? Like not on one. <laughs> no, no. I'm pretty sure there was a huge landfill site. Yeah, um, right down the road. Yeah, that's what we had the main view of. Yeah. 
tallest point well. in Malta, and it's a <laughs> yeah, yeah, so. biggest, biggest, biggest yeah. mountain in Malta was the yeah. mantle side. Because <laughs> <laughs> now, like later, later in life, like three years ago, I went to Malta with with Milene, with with my fiance, and oh, yeah. we were walking around like the you know. Uh, we did like the, the things in the tourist booklets and they say you had to do Fort St. Elmo. And I'm a sucker for military fortifications, like from medieval castles to uh, Renaissance Vauban uh, star forts to, you know, the sunken star, uh, the sunken forts of like Antwerp and Verdun and stuff. Like I fucking love that shit. So when I saw on the map that there were like four star forts all next to each other in and around this bay, I told me, it's like, we got to fucking go. Like, we got to go check out some fucking fortifications, mm. bro. <laughs> and so we go. <laughs> I'm sure we she go. was equally excited. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, she loves history shit. And she loves when I rattle off all like these facts and details and, and like these random things. So either if she's just doing it you to do be nice it or come just. Alive. You, do ego, ca- you do make it come alive. So, I thought, oh, stop it. Stop it. So <laughs> we go, we go to these fortifications and I start reading about the siege of Malta. And I'm just like, how the fuck have I never heard about this before because i'm a hundred percent sure that we visited that when i know we visited valletta like when we went to malta we visited valletta and i remember the vodka bar down, was in valletta wasn't it what that vodka bar wasn't that in uh... no that was saint julian oh. yeah that was saint julian's mm-hmm. and that vodka bar is still there bt dubs like it's still there Milian and i went i to- don't know what you're talking about oh, no yeah, he no he, was, he wasn't out with yeah, he alex wasn't out with us yeah Oh man, yeah, that only started a little bit later. But so I'm 100 percent sure <laughs> I mean, we, visited... we can't have a 13 year old kid coming yeah, to true. a vodka <laughs> bar with true. us. It <laughs> wouldn't be I just, great. I just yeah. automatically <laughs> slot him into that situation because he's just. Yeah, like, you that, thanks. I'm I'm glad you thought I was cool enough when I lived in Malta. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure I still played Lord of the Rings with sticks. In the <laughs> <laughs> Lord of the Rings with sticks, sticks in the garden. That's good. That's a good uh, band like name. That. Yeah. Awesome. I used to do that so often. Until oh, yeah? such a late age as well. I mean, a lot of other people in my year got over that a lot quicker than I did. <laughs> now, okay. Then, oh, did you ever man. have that when you... So, so I played Lord of the Rings in the garden in Rome, and I still had some friends there, and they were all quite into Lord of the Rings as well. So, you know, mm-hmm. I'd invite them over. And I'd always get assigned the role of Gimli, but it was fine because, you know, <laughs> I'll be the fat, hairy dwarf, and you guys can tend to be like, you know, Legolas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, guys. Um, but then I remember we we moved to Malta, and then like this school was so different. Like the people in my, you know, like the guys in my year. I wasn't even that old. They they would be talking about like girls and like parties. Uh, yeah, you know, they'd be like, yeah. yeah, should we go to like a party and play spin the bottle or you know, should, yeah. you know, have yeah. you seen that? girl and stuff and i was like i can't go to girl. a party who's gonna you know you mean like middle earth when i'm away i have bigger fish to fry than to just go <laughs> make merry with a bunch of Dude. people like, i need to, <laughs> need to protect the world well i could i could i can 100 uh relate to that when we made the move to vienna it was the same thing coming out of belgium it was also just everything was just soccer uh fucking venga boys and backstreet boys uh you know just techno music and soccer coming out of fucking small town belgium and then we go to vienna and suddenly like your level of coolness is determined on what phone you have what shoes you're wearing what fucking music you listen to fingerboard your tech deck like you couldn't have a fake fingerboard like it had to be a tech deck if you didn't have a tech deck you weren't cool and i was like wait what yeah i think like alex like you hit the nail on the head there and like what that 
it's a weird you're you like land in this completely different world like with even like completely different level of values and like stuff like that because yeah. but the weird thing in Vienna was for us was that um where I the class I came into yeah. was more like what I had had in Belgium before that yeah but you came into a class that was like much more mature and kind of like yeah. what Alex was saying where you go into like this like mm-hmm. it's all about girls and it's like the teenage it's just like this testosterone world suddenly yeah, yeah. um I had that more in Dar where it's like, I think it's that like transition from like, you know, you're just like caring about like protecting Middle Earth or like yeah, you're yeah, playing with like toys, right? Right. right? And then suddenly yeah. you're like, you're, you're, you got to like build relationships with people yeah. and like emotionally yeah. connect with people. And you're just like, what the fuck? Yeah. And there's no transition period. Like there's, there's, it's an immediate end. Well, like, and, and I think that's the thing is that a lot of people who, if you grow up in the same place, you get, it's a, probably a more gradual transition yeah, because you're with yeah, yeah. similar groups of people yeah, doing it true. constantly. Like you'll switch school like once or twice, like between mm-hmm. primary and secondary or whatever. And then um, usually bring your friends with you. Yeah, a lot of your friends situation. will. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. And so we just had like these, you suddenly land in this place that's like, wildly different yeah night and um, day yeah and that's a shock yeah yeah now there's Alex, also silver linings right like you don't have the reputation that you might have built yeah yeah you get rid of some of your demons dude yeah, do you do you remember there were always like kids who you knew were like on the scorched <laughs> earth like they're like i'm out of here so i'm just gonna be yeah. weird as fuck yeah until i leave this place and you always had those kids and you're like yeah he's just doing that thing He's yeah. just scorching the earth before. <laughs> yep. He's just being the weirdo kid. Yeah. Um, I, my nickname was Belge for most of my uni time. Like most of the people knew me as Belge. Oh, uh, nice. It's um, a pretty dope nickname, though. Yeah, well, it was kind of weird. I, I was in my first year holes, and um, I was introduced to this guy, and his name was Scott, and he was Scottish. I was like, ah, you're Scott <laughs> from Scotland. And uh, then he just was like, what does that make you? Does that make you Belgium, Belgium? And I was like, well, that sounds like a pretty shit name. I hope that doesn't stick. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, then I got called Belgium for the next five oh, years. I have, I have a very similar story from um, one of my best friends in college. Fucking uh, Andy. Fucking Andy, motherfucker. <laughs> we got to get him on the, we got to get him on the podcast. We got to get him on. Uh, Andy is one of my best friends, one of my bros. But at one point in college, he's like, so your name's Peter, right? I'm like, yes. He's like, so everybody calls you Pete for short, right? Like, yeah. It's like, that's the first syllable of your name. I go, yeah. So he's like, so like the second syllable of your name is Tur. What if I just start calling you Tur? I'm just like, I mean, you can do that if you want, Andy, but it's never going to catch on. And by my end of my college career, people thought my name was Tur because everybody (laughs) just called me Tur. I have (laughs) t-shirts with my nickname on the back with the Tur. Yeah. <laughs> so it just stuck. People were like, yeah, I think that was a typical Belgian name. Like, oh, Tur. well, that, that's the thing. They're like, so your Tur. name is Tur? Like, and I'm Tur. just like, but like, like, that's such a weird name. They're like, yeah, but you're from Belgium, right? Like, they can have fucking weird names in Belgium. Like, Tur sounds like a Belgian name, <laughs> which was cool because Tur was like the beginning for a whole bunch of other nicknames, like for Turpentine, Terminator, Tornado, you know, all Turp those derp. Terp derp, uh, you know, and even now, like I, I, I have a monthly meeting with friends of mine from college on on Discord to play some online games, and every time they call me Turf or Turpentine, so it's stuck. Fucking Andy. Oh shit! <laughs> Peter just whacked himself in the face with his headphones. So um, we like to ask all of our guests uh, the same question because we've we've had uh, Tompy had it what was it again for what, oh yeah because you were the doing this project chopper. to talk to camera yeah. um what is the dumbest thing you have ever done in your life 
You can think about it for a little while. Tompian. Yes. And I listened to your other podcast. I didn't hear this question. Did you ask this question to your dad? It only it came in the last yeah, it was after our episodes dad. were yeah. recorded. Yeah. And we haven't actually put those out yet. But the thing is, like oh, that's true. We, have we do give out. everybody the chance of like um obviously the actual dumbest thing. Yeah. Is maybe something you want to keep to yourself, but like, yeah, we it's it's interesting to explore mistakes we've made so other people don't make yeah. those mistakes. Because in in the yeah. last two, just to give you a sec to maybe think about it, if you if you're yeah. kind of like shit, I don't know, like Tompy had, and like let's let's make this a thing, like where we tell different dumbest things that we've done. So Tompy's first one was the topic of his uh, of his um, his little video the other day on on YouTube about like running towards. The big helicopter uh, without any protection whatsoever except your sunglasses in South Sudan. Uh, then I had um, where I uh, I went down to almost 40 meters while I was diving once just to oh, get yeah, a picture right. of a, a blue spotted uh, stingray. Uh, where the guy, the, the, the dive master just got so fucking mad at me and in a heavy South African accent. Just he could have died. Uh, that was Scottish, but okay. Hi, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. son. That's I son. That was uh, that wasn't that smart. And then I had uh, I had another dumbest one. I don't know if you have one to do like an alternating thing. But, I mean, um, you go for it. Okay. I stop you now. I think yeah, it's like all the dumb like... things that I've done in my life. That uh, yeah, okay. Um, Bring it. So when we lived in in Austria, Tompi and I had a, a very short lived career uh, as part of the ski team of school. Like because we lived in Vienna. <laughs> oh, fuck. We had a ski team, and and uh, we were the only ones that didn't actually own our own pair of skis. So there was always this <laughs> awkward moment where, when we got to the resort, like you and I had to go to the ski rental place with one of the teachers to rent some skis. Yeah. Where you then usually get like rental skis that aren't the best skis in the fucking world. So these kids are like top of the line, brand new skis because they're part of like the Austrian upper class a little bit, like brand new skis, and we're in there with our rental fucking gear. <laughs> uh had our own boots though had our own boots yeah that's true that's true and actually recently if you go rent skis like the rentals are actually pretty damn good like they're pretty awesome skis yeah, so it's all right my experience hasn't been great with snowboards but anyway no, no. but i mean because yeah that's why you bought yours yeah, that's right why I bought yeah. Them, yeah um now so i went i you weren't there for this race were you no, you no, there. because I my career was even more short lived than yours. I was always <laughs> I was always second last, and you know who was last was the guy who fell. Yeah, like I was I was actually legitimately last because the guy who fell was actually probably yeah. going really fast. He was yeah, usually yeah. like a top five kind of candidate. Yeah, so yeah. I was just the worst of the worst. I had my like I had the ski suit on, but I must have looked like some starfish going down a fucking yeah. Just yeah, because yeah, yeah, we we absolutely. like we, we've been skiing most of our life, but like we didn't uh, like. These kids have been skate have been skiing since like before they could walk, dude. So and like, that was the the prime of my skiing career. Man. <laughs> that was like, and I was I had learned to carve. I was doing that it's stuff. True. But like, it's true. And it was it was fun because like you got the helmet and then you got like the suit and everybody was like in the same suit. So you were like a squad and it was it was cool. Like it was a lot of fun. Yeah. And you got to miss a couple of days of school because you yeah, went that's skiing true. and shit, which was awesome. Um, and so it was like, yeah, it was the first time that you weren't there. And so we yeah. got there and we, I went to the rental place and got fucking awesome skis. I was just like, holy shit. Like even I came back to the place and all of the teammates were like, wait, those are the skis they gave you? Like, those are fucking awesome. And I'm just like, yeah, fuck it, fuck it. Because they would always get mad at me because I didn't have the right fucking iPod. Uh, and then uh, I go, we get to the top of the mountain and like we do like the, the review of like the piece and stuff. And then we go back up. And so we're like, we're wearing the suit and like the helmet and it's all the same and everybody's doing the thing. And so, we do like the first rundown of the mountain 
Um, and so all these kids who are, you know, have been skiing their entire fucking life, they're fucking flying down this mountain. So like, I can fucking keep up with these guys. So I go down the mountain full speed as well. And I mean, you've been skiing with us in, in, when we were in Austria, there's like these moments where like the, the, the steepness of the hill just kind of goes beyond your vision. It's like, it drops down yeah, it's a little yeah. bit steeper. Um, and those are usually so much fun to hit at full speed because then you do like this cool fucking skiing move where like just your momentum carries you over the ledge. Like you don't actually have to jump. Um, and so we go, so I'm going on this thing and I see this awesome fucking ledge coming up. I'm just like, I'm going to fucking ski jump, jump this motherfucker. Just fucking without knowing, without, without knowing, like we hadn't gone down the fucking slope yet. We did one review of like the actual piece of the, uh, like the actual track, but this was like the first one down the actual mountain. So I'm fucking going down the mountain. I'm just like, this is going to be fucking awesome. So I fly over this lip and immediately like i'm looking down at what i'm about to land into and it was like a mogul piece like you know like the hills like the humps yeah uh, for usually doing like these hardcore left right left rights and <laughs> very technical stuff hard like this is not something you want to hit coming down two oh meters tall you know like you don't want to do it no because it's speed. for like sometimes the moguls are like a meter tall yeah yeah like they they're they're, they're very tall yeah. they're not just yeah. little bumps it's like no. a fucking yeah and they're usually like they're like the bottom of like they're very pointy because yeah. it's all been like compacted into like these hardcore crisscross patterns yeah and so i'm coming down I immediately realized that this is going to go really, really bad. Like I got two choices. I'm going to get hurt or I'm going to get really fucking hurt. So I come, come flying on this guy. I land luckily in between these two moguls. But if you land in between two moguls, the first thing you're going to hit is another mogul, you know, going straight up. up. So I just fucking like just hit it hard <laughs> to the left and then kind of get control on it. Like kind of hopping over two moguls to the left and right <laughs> at the same time, kind of losing a little bit of control. I'm like, I got this fucking shit. And so I hit the fucking last mogul and it just sends me flying forward. And then it was just tumbling through the air and everything's getting ripped off. Like my skis are gone. One of my boots was like loose. The buckles were loose. I lost both gloves, like a rip in the fucking suit and everything. Just I'm like, something's really fucking wrong. And I tumble, tumble, tumble. And I slide down the last few meters on my back. And then the guy we talked to in the last podcast, Manfred, um, he was on that trip as well. And the first thing I see is his head kind of popping into my vision, laying on my back. And he goes, that was fucking awesome, which is fucking hilarious. And then all the other teammates come with all like my stuff, like my debris trail that I had left uh, along, the, along the fucking hill. Uh, and I put all my stuff on and I put on my, 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 uh, my glove on my right hand and I feel that like there's something wrong with my wrist. Like when I move it, there's like a click in a place where it's not supposed to be. And then it started hurting like once the adrenaline wore off and I went down and got x-rays. And so I broke my wrist because I went straight down the piste without ever having surveyed the, the track. So next time you go I skiing. Similar, you train. <laughs> I have a similar story to that, actually. So I think I was slightly different to you guys. You guys might, might or might not remember this, but I was extremely scared of skiing and I was also really bad at it. Yeah, like I, was, I was just... you you. You were two brothers, so you had this kind of natural daredevil vibes about <laughs> you guys where you like, yeah, let's go do that, man. That'd be sick. <laughs> and I was like the, the younger younger brother of two sisters. So I was just like super protected, like scared <laughs> absolutely everything. So I was scared of the um because I was also a bit chubby. I I got great acceleration as a skier. So <laughs> yeah, I was scared of the speed of skiing. Um so I was a horrendous skier. I always hated it. I had a bit of a fear of heights. This one time I thought I fell down a cliff because I, I kind of went <laughs> over the you know that orange 
kind of um, yeah. editing that they have on the yeah. sides. And it was really misty. I couldn't see anything. I could just see the orange and then I went over it. And there was a cliff a bit before, so I thought I was falling down the cliff. It turns out it was a slope. It was fine. Um, that, that didn't stop me from like crying and just like you know, pretending it was a childhood and trauma. The when really, really all I did is just kind of like fall onto my butt. And then, um, but so I was not a good skier at all. And then we had we had I had a very similar situation as you did, where there was this like ledge, and then it went straight. Except I was. My dad was holding me between his legs. I was probably a bit too old for this, but my dad was holding me between his legs as I was doing like the pizza, like, you know, very slowly, very slowly. Yeah. And then at the end, it was just like a straight, straight drop. And at the end, it was like the hotel. I think, I assume, my mum never came with skiing with us, so I assume she was having a coffee in the hotel or something. And so I wanted to show off a bit. And it just looked like, you know, it was just the end of the piece. So I was like, (laughs) Thomas, I think the time has come. You know, like, let me go you know like, i can do you know so at one point this bird's got to fly so like, i was like let me go and he's just like are you sure like this is actually quite a steep piece and i was like dad come on i'm not like I'm not five anymore i'm like eight now okay you don't need to you don't need to protect me so much and so he lets me go and like you know when you like gain so much speed you don't feel like you can turn anymore yeah you just reach that point you're like yeah. i don't know how to move these skis i'm going way too fast so I just go straight and the, the building is still in front of me. And so I'm, I'm like, oh, what a nightmare. Like, I'm going straight. I don't know how to turn. And there's this huge building in front of me. And I, like, I had enough I had enough speed. I was like, this is not going to end well. So I was like, the only, new, the only move I knew was the pizza. So I was like, right, I'm going to have to close these keys together. And then I don't know what's going to happen at these kind of speeds. You know, like I'm going to have to close these skis. So I was just like looking at the building. It's getting closer and closer. I knew that that wasn't an option. So then I just kind of closed my skis. You know, like did the pizza. And then it's just boom, 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 boom. boom. There's like huge tumble. And, like, like, and then I think I, like my glasses were out and like, you know, like my helmet was off and oh. I was crying. And my, it turns out my mom was watching me come down the slope. So she was just like, oh God, like what, like, what is this kid doing? I was like crying. I don't want to ski again. You know, my parents pay for these super expensive ski holidays. And I'm just like, no, this is the worst thing ever. Oh. Yeah, oh, so a lot less glamorous than you. I didn't have anyone high fiving me. I just, yeah, <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> um, okay, I'm gonna have to. We're gonna have to round this off because okay. I just got to start. Like logistically, I got to make home before curfew, and it's ten to eleven now. Oh, oh shit. fuck! I can't believe there's curfew. This is a dystopian. Oh yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's very totalitarian. Yeah. 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 Um, but it's okay. I think I think if I just stop the recording, I think the video conversation will keep going. Okay. Normally. So let's see what it do. Quiet. Thank you.